Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, we talk about horse racing. We talk about Albert Pools. We talk about the NBA play-in tournament and the NFL schedule release. Email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsapodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. As always, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. Uh, Welcome again to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who always swings away at 3-0 when it's 16-4, to Tim Reinhart. Welcome, Tim. That's... uh... You're, you're, you're talking to the wrong, you might, you've definitely got me confused. I was the guy that I probably wouldn't have swung at three, one in a one run game. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, always trying to pad that OBP. That yeah, that right? was, I was, uh, sometimes to a fault over selective, okay. uh, up at the plate. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, are you familiar with the quote unquote controversy that I'm uh, referencing. No, here? no. So, okay. okay. So, so, give it so to me. you, you have, you have officially, I'm hooked on John boy, John boy. Yeah. His name is John uh, boy. Yeah. So, you know, you sent me a couple links and now I follow him on every possible place. I'll definitely retweet on our, our uh, Twitter, this, okay. uh, this breakdown where he did a breakdown of, um, so, uh, yesterday in the twins white Sox game, it was 16 to four in the ninth inning. Um, Williams Astudio, Astudio, uh, kind of a, a uh, more pear-shaped gentleman uh, who usually plays catcher or first base or DH for them for Minnesota was pitching, right? Yeah, so Minnesota position was, player pitching. Yeah, position player pitching. Very familiar with that. It was sixteen to four in the ninth inning. Um, he was throwing like fifty mile an hour junk balls up there. Right. Um, so got a couple outs and up comes uh, Yerman Mercedes, who's who's had a surprising good year. Right. Who I had the good fortune of picking up in a couple of my leagues. Um, but he waited on, he saw three balls go by and then basically uh, a 3-0 meatball came, came out and he smacked it for a solo home run in the ninth inning. Uh, and there was quite a bit of hubbub about it. Williams was very upset. Tony LaRusso even gave a quote today that said that uh, Yerman Mercedes will face consequences for his actions. Uh, really? Breaking, I guess, the unwritten rules of baseball there, Tim? Did you, were you familiar with that? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's all, well, you know, oh, you, I don't know. I don't know if we should get started on this. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we, we started talking about the unwritten rules of baseball a couple weeks ago. And yeah, we did. We touched you know, on it. Yeah. Here, this is one that I was not aware of. Yeah, so if if I guess uh, the if it's a blowout game and it's the last inning, uh, you know everyone's just kind of I guess let's just pack the bags up and and get after it tomorrow. Um, so especially if there's a position player pitching or someone who's not you know usually usually in there um, on the mound. I, I mean, usually I default to this is professional sports, so if you um, don't want somebody to hit a home run. Don't throw a 50 mile per hour meatball over the yeah. plate at three Oh, or don't throw the position player pitching in the first place. Um, or don't go down 16 to four for that yeah. matter. 
Um, so I, I usually, I, I guess I kind of go against the conventional wisdom of base, the, the unwritten rule of baseball there. Um, I mean, I guess like at the, on, on the same token, um, I wouldn't want to see my team. Uh, this is, I realize I'm taking two like sort of alternate <laughs> positions here. I, whereas I, I guess like if I'm getting beat like that, I've, I've rooted for the jets enough to like, realize like. Yeah, you know, if you want to feel the competitive team, you better put a competitive team out there and don't don't expect, you know, Bill Belichick to to lay up on you. Um, but at the same time, I don't necessarily want to see like my team, uh, you know, be swinging for the fences uh, against the position player um, at, you know, up 12 runs on a 3-0 pitch. So I, I guess I get it, um, but I'm not really... I don't know that he should face consequences or anything like that unless, yeah. unless yeah. they have a team rule or something. Yeah. I mean, he's starting today, so I'm not sure what the team consequences are there, but yeah. um, Tony La Russa, obviously we're very familiar with from the Cardinals um, kind of an old school guy. Yep. The um, you know, I think John boy referenced it in there is that, you know, both of those guys obviously are uh, arbitration eligible or, or getting close to arbitration eligible. And, what they look at in arbitration is your stats, right? Your number of home runs, your number of RBIs. So it's pretty know. much a formula as I understand it these yeah. days. Like, yeah, that everyone runs their numbers and they sp- it spits out a number. Right. So if uh, your Mercedes is, you know, just up there to like, just hit the ball to the second baseman softly, that's an O for one for him and, and hurts him down the line. Whereas uh, a studio is, is not getting credit plus or minus for his, home runs allowed as a pitcher. Right. So, right. Um, I think there is some incentive for the players to want to actually go swing for it. And Add I think the they should, you know, I mean, you know, everybody does it. I mean, you know, the most famous one in basketball is when a player was so close to a triple double that he, he threw a shot up at his own hoop and grabbed the rebound because he wanted to get a rebound, um, to get to 10 rebounds. And he did not actually get credit for that. So, yeah. Um, but these yep. on the other hand do count. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Now, let me let me ask you this: What about like what if he um, what if he bunted? I'm bunted for a hit. Yeah. I mean, shift is on, lays one down, up twelve runs. I mean, and I mean, if they're shifting uh, up up twelve or down twelve runs, right? I mean that that kind of uh, hints that they are playing this one for real as well, right? They're still playing they, the game, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I I'm. I see the side of it that, you know, they're playing. Everything still counts. So, you know, hit a home run. If you can hit a home, hitting a home run is really hard. Even if you throw a 50 mile an hour meatball, you know, you yeah, watch yes. enough home run derby to see that like they don't always hit home runs if they really just want to. So, I mean, go for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And if you, uh, I watched obviously the John boy recap of this, but, the fans were going crazy of Minnesota watching their, their position player pitch. And they gave him a standing ovation uh, as he came to the dugout, even, even though he gave up that one home run. So uh, I think it was fun for everybody around. Uh, I think this is just a case of baseball being kind of a little bit uh, uptight about different things that make no sense to me, which ones they're uptight about and which ones they're not, you know? Yeah. That's the, that's, that's kind of what we were getting out a few weeks ago. And it's a good point that, you're relaying from John boy about, you know, you, this is, this is money to them. Um, yep. and 
to be able to say that you hit one or two more home runs at the end of the year is, is not, uh, it's not just like finding $10 on, you know, in your sofa cushion or something like there, right. there's probably some actual money involved there, uh, that these guys, and you know, everyone, we're maybe getting into a different subject entirely here, but like everyone's always, you know, talking about, uh, well, you know, how much more money does, well, this, this guy, I, I don't know anything about him. Like, um, like what, what does he, what does he have? What does his family come from? Like this, this could mean everything to him. Yeah. Um, and he could get injured tomorrow and lose all of it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, there is something to be said about, uh, about that piece of it and, you know, the finances of the, the stats drive the finances and, um, yep. he should go after every penny he possibly can. Yep, exactly. Completely agree. Uh, speaking of a player, oh boy, this segue is a lot harsher than I meant it. Okay. That went after every penny that he possibly could. Albert Pujols, uh, was released <laughs> by the Los Angeles angels, uh, last week. And we didn't talk about it. Um, cause I was kind of waiting for him to, uh, find a landing spot land. secretly, secretly and not so secretly hoping that he would land with the Cardinals. He did not. Um, he signed with the Dodgers, which um, to me seems a little bit in, inexplicable, um, but maybe uh, more explicable than I thought. What's your first reaction to that? Well, um, I'm with you that uh, I think for sentimental reasons, it would have been nice to have Pujols um, come back. I think we were talking about this, believe it or not, last year when the national league adopted the DH and we were like, yeah. Oh, wouldn't this be great if uh, this stuck around for a while. And after that contract ran out, pool signs and, and is basically the DH uh, with right. the Cardinals. Um, obviously that's not how this played out um, for sentimental reasons. That would have been, would have been great. And, you know, I'd like to where, where's he, he's like, he's number three all time in home runs now. Is he? Gosh, I have I haven't kept track. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So it would have been nice to see him like maybe make a run at some record. And I do think he probably has some baseball, you know, left in him. Uh. He looks good. Uh. So I I, I you know as again from like the pure sentiment of it, I I would have liked to see him uh, sign with the Cardinals. But I guess. The Dodgers are sounds like they're riddled with injuries and uh, they're going to need all the help they can get. So, you know, he goes there. He bats fourth uh, first game and uh, goes one for four, I heard. So, yeah, he got the game winning RBI. Yeah. So, um, off, off Bumgarner. So, there certainly, you know, can he can still hit a little bit. Like, obviously, his, his numbers are pretty poor um, compared, certainly compared to his career peak, but. Um, in a limited fashion against left-handers um, because they have Bellinger right at first base yeah. who is hurt and who is, as I remember, left-handed, right? Yes. Very okay. left-handed. So, yeah. So he would be, he would be a good, uh, you know, small side of the platoon player for them. Obviously the Cardinals have Goldschmidt who is at first base, who is right-handed. So he would, you know, they wouldn't be able to kind of situate that platoon. So at least that part makes sense. The Dodgers, um, you know, at first glance, you're kind of like, why, why do they need him? Um, but it seems like they actually do. They're quite, they're quite injured um, and they could use him in a platoon. So, um, and I think Albert probably wanted to go there to stick it to his 
his team that just released him. It's, yeah, it's um, certainly, yeah. Uh, it certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. So and he, if you can perform yeah. a little bit, that'd be cool. Yeah, and he's 41. He doesn't think he's done, so maybe next year there's a uh, there's a, uh, a bench uh, spot for him for you know limited pinch hitting roles. Certainly, um, I don't know. I I I take him just for a season worth of seventh inning pinch hits and standing ovations. I'm sure everybody would love it. Yeah, and you know, just to I guess to give this its its due, I think that there is not a single player that we've like that we've seen a lot like in our lifetime um that is as good as he was in his prime he's he maybe you could make an argument ken griffey jr um is up there i guess it's a little a little bit before like we were a, a lot younger uh when griffey was in his prime um but i guess probably those two guys that you know are just special baseball players, all-time greats. And it was fun to be able to root for the team that that had Albert Pujols on it because it was just – it was an incredible uh, team team and guy to watch. Yeah, and I, I remember when we would watch the games, we wouldn't leave the room when Albert Pujols was up because we always knew something special was going to happen. Like we would just, oh, I got to go to the bathroom or I got to go get another drink but let me just stand here and wait until this at bat is over. And then, yeah. Um, and, and then we can, you know, when somebody else is up, we can go do yeah. that. Um, but they, they were just such special occasions when he was up. So one of the best, um, yeah, you know, it was not to be missed. And so, you know, he can hang on as long as he wants. Um, he is number five on the all time home run list. Yes. Okay. Um, Head of the, Willie just, he just passed Willie Mays. He just recently. passed Willie Mays. Yeah. So he's right behind a rod. Um, not right behind. Yeah, it's gonna take. Months. Yeah, he might not. He might not match a rod. Might not get to a rod. Yeah, need twenty nine more. Yeah, number five all time is is quite uh, quite something. Um, in 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 and of itself. Yeah, um, and, and as of as far as we know, absolutely no hint of PED scandal on him, and you know. Yeah, I mean, there was the, the whole. The, there's always been the whole thing. Uh, weird, like under the radar scandal that like he was secretly older than he said it was. So now he would be secretly older than 41. Um, so I don't know how that hurts him <laughs> at all at this point. Yeah. I uh, guess it would really yeah. just be about the team that doled out the contract, uh, right. thinking that he was 31 when they signed him for 10 years. Right. Yeah. So, um, unclear on that one. I, I, I don't think that one has any legs at all. Yeah. So, um, speaking of legs, uh, let's go to our, uh, four-legged animal friends. Hey, uh, now, you, now you nailed that transition. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll let you take this one away. Um, the Preakness was over the weekend. Uh, the second of the three triple crown races. Um, and I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you describe the action, um, as you watched it and I did not. You did not watch it. Okay. I yeah. didn't watch so, it. So um, it, it was really, um, it, it was exciting um, because the, the horse that ended up winning, Rom Bauer, um, was uh, as far as long shots go, was a pretty big long shot. I think he, he went off at, um, at 11 to 1. So if, uh, if you put a $2 bet, on you know because i guess that's how they do it in horse racing uh if uh if 
you do a two dollar bet on on him to win, you would have uh, would have paid out twenty five sixty. Um, so it was cool to see to see one of the horses that was not uh, Medina Spirit um, come up in and win, and that I guess also takes away the worry and concern that um, that Medina Spirit was um, was gonna the 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 cloud that would have hung over the the race had he won right um so i guess that's uh you know i i don't know too much i i i thought the field was a lot bigger there were only 10 horses um so i i didn't i didn't realize it was a, a narrower that the preakness was a narrower field than the kentucky derby but i liked the fact that it was a uh a long shot underdog that gave it a run um and now it kind of opens up uh the rest of the racing season opens up uh the Belmont stakes, which I, I heard this morning on the radio that Baffert has been suspended by the New York racing association. Um, and so I don't know what that means for, I didn't have time to look it up. Uh, I don't know what that means for his horses. Uh, if they can run in the Belmont stakes, which is the next of the big three um, of the triple crown races, or if he can run at, if he can run his horses at uh, Saratoga um, when the Travers comes along later this summer, so it's, I don't know, that that was sort of where, where my head was at and thinking of horse racing today. But I, I'm, I think it's cool that, uh, that an underdog came in and uh, came in and won that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they are currently under investigation, I believe, still with Medina Spirit uh, about the, the first race, the Kentucky Derby. So if the Medina Spirit had won this race and they had retroactively taken away Kentucky Derby that's that nullifies the triple crown right yeah I guess possibilities right okay so um yeah so it'd be like you know winning winning but not really winning um kind of taking away uh taking those banners down after the after the case so um, so yeah vacating the win so to speak thank you very much um so that covers our horse racing um uh the next one the Belmont Stakes how when is that coming up how far uh, I think it's How usually far in early June, so I'm going to guess oh, we okay. got two more weeks. Um, okay, easy enough to look up. Uh, yeah. so Belmont Stakes 2021 is Saturday, June 5th. Okay, um, and right. that I know is a longer track than than the others, and that's kind of what um, what makes the Belmont the big wild card of uh, of the three is that some of the horses that are, that are better on the shorter tracks, the sprints um, sometimes peter out uh, at Belmont. So it uh, it'll be, it, it could be, could be fun to have three different horses win all three races. Uh, that's for sure. So um, I'll be definitely tuning into that. Okay. Yeah. Especially with Medina spirit potentially suspended and um, a long shot winning uh, at the Preakness, you could definitely see another, another horse taking it. Um, in that one. Yeah. So, um, it, it's required that we talk about the, uh, NFL every week. It's um, in the contract. NFL, it's in the contract. Yeah. Um, they pay us big bucks to talk about them every week. Um, so they released <laughs> their schedule, uh, last week. Do you, do you care about the schedule release? Should we care about the schedule? Release? Um, sure. I guess like it's fun to kind of pick through what, what could be neat games. Um, you know, obviously I, I know that the jets are opening up with 
the Carolina Panthers, which seems like a fun little placement by the NFL. Yeah. Um, so the Sam Darnold bowl, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> will happen um, right out of the gate. Um, I guess like it's interesting to look at like when are buys coming and those kinds of things as well to like at least for your team to find out when their buy is um, and kind of you know go through the uh, the the all way too early what's my team's record gonna be um, you know go through the games pick them for wins and losses uh, but you know it, other than that like it's it's. I guess we got some some interesting games. Oh, and to see which ones are like the primetime games. So, right. um, you know, there, there's some cool looks like there's some cool games that will uh, that we should, you know, circle on the calendar and uh, and all that. But I don't know. What do you generally think about well, the release? I, I kind of think it, it's a little bit more. Uh, I mean, they've certainly made a, a big event out of it, um, which is good for them. Um, very NFL but, of them. Yeah, very, very NFL of them. Uh, huge event about reading off names. And I, I joke because I love the draft and that's just reading off names too. Yes. Um, but the one thing that's big for me for fantasy is that you uh, get to see when teams buys are, which you mentioned. And you want to make sure that your team, be it a dynasty team that you already have or a team that you're drafting in the future, um, has a little bit of staggered buy situation, right? You don't want two quarterbacks that are on the same buy um, where you can get in a, a, a stuck situation where you got to make a trade early in the yes. season. So that, that can really uh, dictate like, you know, if three of your running backs, right. Are, are out um, the same bye week. So that, that could cause a big problem. So that that's certainly the thing that I, I look for. You, you have that schedule loaded in now to your fantasy platform, whatever it may be. Um, so you can take a look at that um, ahead. The other thing that I've been listening to a little bit is is kind of um, from a from a betting angle. I don't know. Do you do you get it much into the futures like the rookie of the year or defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year? That, those kind of awards. Um, not not really, but I mean, it is fun. I, I guess it is fun to kind of project and and talk about those things. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't often do it, especially now because. It's, it's so long that it's just sitting there. You know, I kind of get a little anxious just watching it and being yeah. like, ah, man, I, you know, just, just waiting. Um, right. But I think um, from a game theory perspective, what you can see is pe- people say, all right, for example, like, let's give the example of Zach Wilson. If you thought he was going to win the rookie, the offensive rookie of the year, I think he's got a great shot. Um, seven to one right now. Last I looked, um, I think he opened up 10 to one. Um, but if he started off with a really tough stretch, like say uh, the Patriots and the Buccaneers, I don't know if they have the Buccaneers, but I don't say if so. they started, yeah, yeah started off with two it. two tough teams, and um, you know that number would probably dip down, and you could get get that at better odds than it, uh, yeah. now in May. Um, who so, is who is the favorite for offensive rookie of the year? Trevor Lawrence. Um, so it's it's Trevor Lawrence, yeah, and Zach. I mean, so it's most always a quarterback, right? Um, even last year when Justin Jefferson had a huge year, um, it was given to um, Justin Herbert, who is deserving. Um, uh, so the quarterbacks are are certainly up at the top, and I'm looking for it right now. Okay. Um, so let's I wonder see. how like yeah. it goes in terms of like the you know is it inverse how they were drafted? Um, 
So it's, well, for me, what I look at is a player that has opportunity. Um, so like Trevor Lawrence is three to one, the the shortest odds. He's going to start the whole year, right? So he's got a huge right. opportunity. Um, is he going to blow the doors off with that offense in, in Jacksonville right off the bat? I'm not sure, but he will have the opportunity. Uh, Justin Fields is six to one. He d- could have the opportunity, but they might also wait until the buy to start him. Right. So it right. depends on again, where they're biased. So that's another, another feature of it. Um, Trey Lance is six to one, but again, his floor, he, he could, right, if he doesn't play the whole year, obviously he's not going to win it. Um, Zach Wilson at seven to one, right. He has the opportunity. He's going to play the whole year. Um, and he's pretty much the only new thing on their offense that uh, skill player wise. Um, so certainly if he has a big year, like Justin Herbert does, he could win it. Um, yeah. And, and then you get into, Kyle Pitts, Mac Jones, Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, you know, um, and then the wide receivers and running backs after that. I, I, I don't think it's going to be likely any of those wide receivers or running backs. I like talking about these markets, right? Um, but going into them, I, I just, I don't, <laughs> I just, it's so far from now that that is going to be graded, you know? Yeah. So, and it's, I, you know, there's way in terms of like, you know, you could pick somebody that, that blows their knee out in, in training camp. Like, absolutely. you know, that yep. it's almost, you don't want to be too early uh, yep. and, and have too many, too many variables, I guess, is what I would think. Yep. Yep. A couple of um, uh, people that, that got jumped up a little bit was Michael Carter running back that, yep. um, for the Jets. Yep. Um, obviously, he's going to have some opportunity there. Um, and Trey Sermon, who got drafted by San Francisco. Love Trey. Um, the Jets would get him. Right, because he's former Ohio State guy. Yeah, um, and, so, well, so, he's, that's a, I, I like, what's, what are the odds on that? That, because... 25, 25 to 1. For I mean, yeah. if there is a team that is going to be able to run the football, you'd think it's been, you know, they've been able to do that. You know, think of the names that have come out of San Francisco the last few years that you had never heard of right. as a running back. Um you know, I guess the the knock on that is that they usually have like a multi horse backfield, so to speak. Right. Like like you right. said, like you want. Um right. So. An opportunity there, right? Does Trey Sermon get the opportunity? Yeah. Um he might if other other injuries, but like his floor is is pretty low um there. But at twenty five to one, hey, I mean, you know. It could, it certainly could happen. And you never um, know, like with running backs too, be, and like what the plans are for those. To be, because I remember I drafted, yeah. um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, in, in fantasy league, um, Ohio State running back, uh, J.K. Dobbins, um, yeah, who was the first round draft pick, second, second round draft pick of the Ravens last year. And I was like, you don't, you know, I, uh, I was like, you don't, they, they're not, they're not going to have spent a premium draft pick on someone. They're not going to make their premier back. Like, you know, so Mark Ingram uh, and I forget the other guy that they had in the, in the, in the trio. I was like, you know, right. definitely going to be Dobbins that gets the the touches. And it really wasn't until way late in, in the year that that happened. And you gotta like, what was the plan? Was that the plan the whole time? Like, you know, we'll have him fresh during, during, you know, the playoff run, is it, was it a COVID thing, you know, and not having the same number of reps? Like you just don't know with running backs and they can be so interchangeable that it's hard to, hard to figure out what any team is going to do with, with any of those backs. 
Right. It look, like, at, look at look at sorry to cut you off. Uh, look at um what the the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing with Travis Etienne. They're right. giving them all the reps at wideout right now. So like, yeah. who who knows? Yeah, and I actually think that gives Etienne a little bit more value um, as he, more chances for touches um, because they have James Robinson there at running back. Um, so he fits in the uh, uh, Jeff Roman uh, guy who can catch uh, running back. Uh, you know, uh, by committee uh, scratch off ticket. So <laughs> they, they definitely have a big guy already in James Robinson. Um, and so they have a guy who can catch. They just need a little speedy guy. Um, uh, and maybe NTN is the speedy guy and the catch guy. But, um, you know, we'll certainly see how that. that uh, I, I guess like having watched Urban Meyer for the last, you know, however long, that's the least surprising thing that. I've seen <laughs> like when they were right. like, when they said, when I heard that on the, on the radio, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that, 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 that tracks. And like, then I kind of looked it up later in the day and people were going nuts. Like, Oh, you don't draft ETN and then get him reps at Y. I was like, why, why not? Like they're tr- right. it, it, urban Myers, like whole offensive philosophy is find creative ways to get the ball in space into your playmakers hands in space. So you look at how they use like paris campbell or curtis samuel at ohio state or what was the guy's name uh florida per, they had per, they had percy harvin yeah. yeah like that's what he's gonna do with etn and you know what it's probably a really good idea in my opinion yeah yeah absolutely i i've warmed up on that one a little bit i think um especially in a, in a ppr league if you're in a fan, ppr fantasy league he could be your running back number one um, on your rookie boards, um, even over Najee Harris. I like Najee Harris, but um, getting those catches uh, is really gonna gonna pad those stats. And yeah. um, it could be a situation like Alvin Kamara in 2017, where he is seemingly behind uh, a bunch of different guys, um, but it plays up so much, adds some big highlights with long runs and long catches and stuff that. Um, could win the rookie of the year, could win, you know, your fantasy league, um, at the end of the year. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we segued, uh, our, our uh, schedule release talk into a little, uh, offensive <laughs> rookie of the year talk, yeah, but that yeah. is totally fine. Uh, totally fine. And, um, I'll use this opportunity to, uh, as, um, I have the basketball game on in the background as Washington and Boston tips off in the, um, the play in tournament. So let's we, we, go. Briefly, we briefly talked about that last week. So let's let's go ahead and talk about it uh, now as it's uh, fully activated. So um, on the eastern side of the uh, eastern seaboard, I should say, um, eastern conference, <laughs> if I'm being technical, yes. the uh, Boston Celtics are playing the Washington Wizards in the 7-8 game. So the winner of that plays the Brooklyn Nets um, and takes the seventh seed. And right. in the other other game, which is actually already ended, um, and the Boston game will be over for anybody who's listening to this by the time you listen to <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> um, the Indiana Pacers completely wiped the floor with the Charlotte Hornets, so they are going to go play the loser of the Celtics Wizards game. Yes, and the winner of that game will get the eighth seat. seat. Yeah, yeah. So the winner of the Wizards Celtics. And uh, the Pacers will have a chance to play the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round of the tournament. And as we speculated last week or the week before on the Western Conference, the I, I don't think it's hyperbole to 
call this the game of the year in the NBA. This um, season has been a slog, even though it's been shortened. Um, it's been a slog and shortened of a season. They've jammed a lot of games in. A lot of guys have missed games. Um, but in the 7-8 game, we've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers against Seth Curry, Draymond Green, and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, at 10 p.m. The, at 10, <laughs> so the only downside, uh, which I think they screwed up here, I would have loved a 9 p.m. start, um, but it's at 10 p.m. Eastern time, which is a complete, like, kind of a, a kick in the gut, uh, in my opinion. But it's the biggest game of the year. It actually counts for who plays uh, between um, seventh and eighth. So the winner plays seventh and the loser plays um, one of the, the Memphis or Spurs. The both teams should get the seventh and eighth seed, but um, I don't think either team will really want to be on the brink. Um, LA certainly has struggled this year with injuries, so they don't definitely don't want to be on the brink. And the Golden State Warriors are, you know, a championship level team in the past. They um, and I don't think that they're going to want to be on the brink either. So both teams will be going for it. Uh, the Lakers were early six point favorites. I don't know if it's moved down now. Um, I got the Warriors at plus five yesterday. Um, so I, I definitely think the Warriors can keep it close. Um, so do you, what, do you like them to win? I don't think I like them to win. I, I think the Lakers are going to win. I think they're going to keep it close. Um, less than five points. You know, in, in one of these games, I, I don't think... Um, with two teams this good, I don't think that anybody's going to get so far out front. Um, you know, in a Charlotte, Indiana game, one team got out way far in front. And in, in these, uh, I don't think either superstar is going to let it get out of out of hand. Um, and I don't think that they are going to just um, completely give up. Right. So I, I, right. I don't think they're going to rest up and try to, I think they're going to both go for it. So that's why I consider it the, the game of the year um, because both teams will be at full strength, uh, so to speak, and they will be going for the win. So um, that is Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, which is a huge bummer, but a pot of coffee uh, on. Yeah, it's might it might be a hashtag sports in bed situation. Uh, yeah. Where you put, the, put that on the phone or the TV. Um and watch it while you're just kind of hanging out, falling asleep. So, yep. Um, still the game of the year. Still definitely one that you're going to want to watch or DVR um, because both teams will be going for it. So that that I'm definitely looking forward to. The other playoff um, matchups are set, but I'm actually going to have us talk about that next week. Um, we may have a few games already happened. Um, but, That's right. Let it play out so we can yeah. make our make our informed our informed calls. Yeah, I, I think so. We may see some early surprises in, in some of the games, but um, just waiting. The NBA playoffs is a bit of a, you know, if the season is a slog, this, the playoffs is uh, a slog, a, a little bit more fun. It's going, we're going, we're in May. It's going to go into June. Um, so there, there's plenty of time for us to talk about that. And if a couple of games have happened already, I'm not too concerned. Now, are the playoffs starting later than they typically do? I feel like this is late for the playoffs to start. Yes, because they started the season late um, because they ended the last season yes. late. Um, so now, so they, this is yeah, going to go into July, is it? Um, it? It certainly might at this rate. I mean, we're in the middle of May um, and there is 
first round, second round, conference final. There's four rounds to go, and each of those is is over over a week. Um, so yeah, I think I think we could go into early July. Um, yeah, because I I remember, um, you know, watching both both uh, sets of playoffs, the NBA and NHL playoffs, like in you know grading finals in the last week of the year and stuff. So, um, man, they, they just they go for so so long it's incredible how long the playoffs last yep i mean it's four rounds of seven game series um so yeah you you could play 28 games uh there baseball has um because their first round baseball's first round is still five games and then they have the uh, championship series in the world series so they have a a little usually goes a little more than a month yeah so it's considerably considerably shorter um and considerably more compressed because they can play almost pretty much almost every day. So right, that's and that's and I and I think that's a uh, the the NBA is kind of jammed this season in to try to get next season on schedule. Um, right. So the regular season was a bit of a um, casualty to that, um, and I think it hurt the fantasy season pretty bad because there's a lot of guys resting because the the season was so compressed. A lot of back to backs where guys would only play one of two because they were. Um, you know, trying to not get hurt or they had already getting hurt and they were, I believe they, they call were, it load maintenance. Is that, is that correct? Load, load management. Yes. Load, load management, management is, okay. is the code word for it. So, um, you know, I think these guys play 82 on a regular, um, yes. season, even more spread out. So this one was 72 and even, you know, much less spread out. So, um, you know, I think that comes from the players and it also comes from the teams because they want to keep, um, they want to keep the guys healthy for the whole season. So sometimes the teams will hold guys out. Uh, so, and one of the most frustrating parts about that is that the NBA, they don't, you know, baseball, you have the lineup a couple hours beforehand football. It's usually like an hour or so beforehand that you have who's in and who's out Inactives, Yeah. Yeah. NBA, it's literally five minutes before tip off 15 minutes. If you're lucky, you know, who's in and out. Um, it just like, happens sometime during that window and it, it's hard for fantasy because the guy is just out like you just thought he was playing and you know what? nope he's out um so uh, you don't know that unless you're on your computer you know checking yeah. twitter twitter like five minutes before tip off that is um, a and that's a commitment yeah and your and your fantasy teams lock five minutes before tip off so right um, the window there is very very small um, I know a lot of the daily super good daily fantasy players have that like window on lockdown where they can move players in and out based on different things. But, you know, it, it's it's a huge commitment. And unless you're there every single day, um, you're, you're not going to make a big difference there. So anyway, that's that's my long winded uh, NBA play in uh, playoffs preview. Who do you got? Who you got? So we already have one game. Who, who are you picking to in to the seventh, eight? Oh, give me the Celtics um, yeah. tonight, and then um, we'll have uh, we'll have the Pacers um, over over Washington for that wow. last okay. seed there, and then I'll take the Spurs to win the beat Memphis, um, and I'll have Golden State beating the Lakers. The Lakers squeak in over the Spurs. Wow. Um, that, I mean, I mean, talk about like, uh, you know, 
what they call it in, in soccer, squeaky bum time when uh, you're very, very nervous about your teams. Uh, the, the league office will be, uh, if the Lakers and LeBron James are on the brink of not being in a uh, series at all, uh, they will be very, very nervous about yes. that. It will be praying, uh, lighting sage, doing everything that they can to just make sure the Lakers yeah. get into a seven game series against whomever. Um, because look at the top of the, uh, I'm segueing again, but look at the top of the Western Conference. You've got Phoenix at two, who is a good team, but they're young and they got Chris Paul uh, recently. But I, I, I still think that they are, um, they're not playoff hardened. And, at the top is the jazz who are missing Donovan Mitchell. So they're not playing at full strength either. They just had, you know, they had enough cushion there at the top. So both teams are beatable um, for the warriors and Lakers if they get through. So those certainly should be more interesting than usual. One, eight, two, seven games as well. Um, I have, I'm with you on Boston. Boston has beaten the Sixers um, in the playoffs every time that they've gone against each other. So even though the pace, um, excuse me, the Celtics are missing Jalen Brown, I still think they are extremely dangerous, um, and I don't want to play them. So I hope that they go to the the seventh seed and play play uh, Brooklyn. Play Brooklyn. So, yeah. um, so I have them winning this game over Washington. I think they're a little bit better too as well. Um, and I think that Washington uh, will get through over Indiana. Um, Okay. Indiana very recently had an almost mutiny. I believe they had a, a coach and a player in an argument on the sideline. So I'm actually quite surprised that they won the first game because they it seemed like they were um, destined to end the season. But you know what? That's why the play in tournament is fun. You play one game and yeah. uh, you move on or you don't. And, Sometimes uh, those kinds of things can energize teams too. You know, right. they, they can have weird right. impact. So Yeah, and I think you know the NBA will point to Washington who probably would have given up in the middle of the year. They lost a couple of weeks to COVID protocols. And so they um, tried at the end of the year because they knew this play-in tournament was there. Um, and, and they ended up actually getting the eight seed. So um, pretty good story from them. Yeah. Um, in the West, I've got uh, I got the Lakers winning. I think the Lakers are going to beat the Warriors. But I think All the right. Warriors are going to beat whomever comes out of that uh, the 9-10. I'll say Memphis. So you think they both get in? I think they're both getting. I think they'll stay where they are. Lakers at seven and Golden State at eight. Yeah, um, I, I I like that take. Yeah. All right. So we're at the end here. Uh, I don't have anything else. Tim, do you have anything else? Well, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that our teams are playing in the Vassar uh, Fantasy League yeah. right now. Yeah, I know. We're, we're head to head. We are. Um, and I have... As of last check, which is right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And if you count Eric Hosmer, who's on the COVID-19 list, eight players on my fantasy team <laughs> on the injured list. Oh, like, no. In the last week, it's, it's just been amazing. Um, so I am in I, I'm in rough. It's a my um, homepage is a big bunch of red X's right now. So yeah, you're going to yeah, win I, all I, the counting stats. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Uh, I did think it was interesting when I, I looked at the matchup yesterday. Obviously, Monday was a short day as usual, but you only had seven at bats um, for all of your players. <laughs> so yeah, um, and no hits, but I think you got a hit today. So 
um, you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, and I played every eligible player that I had. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm, I'm sure you did. I think I'm um, just running out of spots at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows? Uh, but yeah. yeah, your your team's doing all right in sixth place yeah. in that league. So I'm in sixth place. So I'm looking. You know, I'm always aiming to try to get in the playoffs and see what happens. That's what yeah, I try to do in game. every league. Just get in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Um, so just try to get there and and have the best team possible when you get to that point. So that is um, law right there. I don't know yeah. what's about science, but I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kepler's third fantasy fantasy baseball yeah, law. Just, just, just try to get playoffs. into the playoffs. See what yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, buddy. What are you keeping your eye on this week? Well, this fantasy matchup, I gotta I gotta scour the waiver wire now and and grab anybody that can play any like any position. So send uh send send over your, your recommendations because I need them all. No, I'm um yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to seeing how this works. I always like it when uh, when our teams play. So this will be this will be a fun uh, fun week. All right. So keep your eyes glued to your fantasy baseball matchup. Keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, and we will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Boom. Drop drop the music. That's yeah. My boom to drop. Now, who do you who do you have? going today you have any, any I, got, I got a home run from austin meadows already so. um, the guy that i was going to draft and yeah drafted yeah directly in front of me yeah <laughs> it's already um you got zach plesak who you ended up keeping um good for you for getting steven matz uh, yeah i picked him up off the waiver wire he was uh Yeah, no, I, I've I've always liked that. He's he's always had some tough tough luck with injuries and stuff, but uh, he's a solid player. We got it six to four right now. So. Yeah, long long way to go, but I'm telling you, people get my team. It is yeah yeah. You have a lot of guys on the Yeah, um, I can't. I, I don't I don't know what happened. And and somebody who's day to day. Yeah, you got that. You got that already started. Yeah. One at bat for Mike. Mike Stockett's already day to day. Yep. Yeah.